Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The Square Ball Podcast. The Square Ball Weekly Show is brought to you with Levi Solicitors. Levi Solicitors will do you 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. That increases to 15% on your legal fees for conveyancing instructions uh, just for January 2022. Details on the website. Usual three with you then. I'm Dan. Michael Normanton's here. And we've got Moscow White, Daniel Chapman as well. If you would like to get behind us and support us, have a look at TSB Plus. It's on our website, our membership package, where you get loads of stuff. We've increased the offer as well now. There's like a one-month free trial as well. So if you've been thinking about it and you haven't done it yet, have a look. We'll be in a long month as well. Don't wait till February. (laughs) You'll get ripped off. (laughs) That's not necessarily how we want to be framing this, (laughs) Moscow, but thank you for your assistance on the sale. want everybody to get value for money. Um, if you don't know what TSB Plus is, it is our membership package where you get access to all the digital copies of the mag we've done since 2009. You get a dedicated podcast feed with all these podcasts ad-free. Priority access to the match ball after a game, including like the live stream on YouTube as well. Uh, there's a subscriber-only podcast, The Extra Ball, which we're doing the Butter Cup on as well at the minute, like a an FA Cup-style trophy for Leeds United Loney. He's been having better. a lot, lot of fun with that. It's not just butter, it's better. Yes, Extra video podcasts. You get a daily email from Moscow as well with all the uh, essential Leeds United news, discounts on merch, loads of stuff. And it's at the squareball.net forward slash plus. P-L-U-S. Into the news part of the show then straight away. And right at the top of this, I want to give um, Yorkshire Cancer Research a mention. They are the official charity partner of Leeds United and they've asked us to give a mention to their Challenge 90 initiative that they're doing in January. Basically, the challenging Leeds fans to take on 90 minutes of energetic exercise a week because regular exercise, they're saying, can help to prevent 13 types of cancer. And, you know, it's that time of year, isn't it? It's January. People get trainers on, decide to do exercise, look after yourself after Christmas and all that. So um, this is a nice hook on which to hang it. So um, if you fancy getting involved, have a look at Yorkshire Cancer on Twitter, at Yorkshire Cancer, for uh, for details on that. And um, I think we've started ours, haven't we? Because we're preparing for our own charity initiative. We should say different charities that we're, uh, we're raising money for here, just for the sake of clarity. But... I started my training yesterday. Did you? Did a four-mile walk. I've sent some emails, if that counts. I've sent emails about the walk, which I think is... Is equal. Is as good as equal as, good waiting, as fitness, yeah. isn't um, it? So what we're doing is a 92-mile walk across four days at the end of May. We're raising money for mental health charities. Uh, we're walking from Gary Speed's first playing field in North Wales via the mural in Bramley and then onto Ellen Road. And we're going to be going via some proper, you know, tourist hotspots, Warrington, Oldham, Huddersfield. Past all the oil refineries over <laughs> on the, uh, in the in the west there, up the Manchester Ship Canal. It's going to be beautiful. We're, we're going through Salford. Oh, That's going to be nice. A water treat. For, for everyone. Let's all um, be kitted out in Leeds gear. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the invites have gone out this week because we, we were 
amazingly, it was oversubscribed massively, um, and we're kind of limited by how many hotel rooms there are in Oldham. Yeah, uh, because it's not it's not the massive tourist hotspot, is it? I, no. I don't suppose so. We can get about a hundred people on it. Depends how people are going to fit into rooms. I and mean, stuff, no so. word of a lie. We've basically booked up the whole of Oldham for that night. Yes, basically. So um, we, have, we have tried to... um, Airbnbs. Too complicated. I'm not getting into this. <laughs> <laughs> we have had a company that's come on board and helped us as well. They offer their services to us as well, like a, a travel booking company that have kind of assisted. Yeah. We've had to draw lots. Is about the size of it because we had something stupid like 300 people wanted to come along. Yeah, and so it's, it's over 300 in the yeah. end have wanted what, to do this. What an absolute which mad is mad response. Cracking. So yeah, yeah. Uh, the first batch of invites have gone out because I'm trying to make sure we don't oversubscribe a certain type of room because everyone, some people want to share, some people want the rooms themselves. It's a bit of a pain in the ass. So there might be a few spaces left that yep. we're gonna we're kind of release up if people say they can't do it now. So if you're desperate, you might still have a chance. Yeah, but, um, we'll be able to find a way. And also, there's the point that if you want to join us on a leg of it as well, because we're yeah. sort of doing marathon distance for four days. Yeah, and the final day would be good to do a big a big push on because that's just Huddersfield to Leeds, which is is kind of a manageable. I think it's 18 miles when you go. I'm looking if you'd get the train. I'm looking <laughs> looking at you, Moscow. You can join us for this. It's very easy for this one. But yeah, the, the last day. People could do that, or if you're if you're as lazy as it's Moscow, about half an hour. Could you maybe manage that from the mural back to Ellen Road? Which mural? The Gary Speed one. It's in Bramley. No, I mean yes, but <laughs> in a taxi. Yeah, why would I bother? Okay, you can get you can get a taxi. You could you could learn to ride a bike and cycle it. When are you doing it? <laughs> in May, back end of May after the season finishes, twenty um, sixth to the 29th. You're busy. I'm just looking for uh, a reason not to do it. <laughs> no, I'm looking for Airbnbs in Oldham. Actually, oh, I don't think intrigued. Are, I don't think there are that many. To be honest. Well, it should be good fun and uh, we will be launching like the, the charity page as well so we can get sorted on that. But anyway, details on your email if you did get involved with that and thank you as well for expressing an interest. Hopefully we'll be able to accommodate as many as possible. Into the actual Leeds United news then now and uh, transfers. Transfer window is open. Will he, won't he? Would anyone notice? <laughs> <laughs> That's harsh. No. Yeah, I mean, we've not got much uh, on incomings, have we? No. It's the, the downside of this. Um, but Cody Drabman might be off so that's good. That'll help the small squad, won't it? Is it? Yeah, Fabrizio Romano, who is, he basically just lives for the transfer window, doesn't he? I mean, if he's um, involving himself in this, then yes, this is real dedication to transfer gossip, isn't it? And um, I'm just looking at Phil's feed now. Phil Hay has just tweeted in, in follow-up to this, saying that uh, Cody Drama is set to join Cardiff on loan to the end of the season. He's keen for more first-team football, and after discussions with his agent, Leeds are allowing him to go. The idea being getting more games under his belt, some air miles and all that. Yeah, mm. I mean, you don't get that kind of detail from this Fabrizio Romano. We might have 6.3 million followers, but give me Phil Hay. Uh, Phil, well, Phil said, I, I get the sense in, uh, in him getting games. I less get the sense in losing him now. Mm. I must admit, I kind of feel like we need all the players we can get at the moment. Um, you would expect then this perhaps suggests that there is something coming in the other way. Mm. Can we wait until that's done before we let him go? Just to be sure, I don't know. I've, it worries me that we're we're reducing an already small squad, but um, maybe it's fine. I don't know. It feels terrible—a terrible idea to me. Mm. This season has just taken on the complexion of uh, Christ. We just need to get to the end of it now. All of it, mm. just hasn't it? Just like get through it, get through the injuries, maybe attack the window with a bit more vim and vigor in the summer. We are now being linked with the striker. Ah, oh, that's good. Then that's it. That, that could reinvigorate us all. Who is it? Uh, literally, I found this out um, within the last five minutes. Um, someone called Vidat Mariki, six six foot four, Kosovan. Mm. What's that in uh, in metric? Six foot four. Yeah, or Kosovan. Um, I was thinking six foot four. What's that? One point nine meters. That's that quite is. tall, then, isn't it? Yeah, he's quite big. 
I mean, he's at Lazio. He scored one goal in 34, which is a good record. Mm. Two. I, two. Oh, maybe, yeah, if you count one, one in, uh, he's got one in the cup. So his, his full record is 43 and two, but 17 and 36. Two seasons running for two different clubs in the Turkish Super League. So you can't um, argue with that level of consistency. Not term 36 divided by 17. Two and a bit. Two and a bit. And then, because the season before that, he scored eight and 16. That's so he is a, uh, he's a, a two, he's an eight and 16. What's 16? Divided? <laughs> That's one in two. He's a one in two. <laughs> one in two, yeah. Honestly. Until he got to um, Syria when he's a one in 34. <laughs> Could he be our one in a million, Michael? Hey, hey, hey. that would no. be nice. I mean, it's, it? it's not the transfer to get the pulses racing. That one is it. I think it's, there's everyone will immediately draw parallels with Edgar Charney. <laughs> you just know it's true, <laughs> won't they? Well, Kosovo and Albania are very different places. No, I know, but you know the big man from Eastern Europe, kind of uh, arriving from Italy. Yeah, yeah. general vibe. Yeah. That's that's going to be the feeling with it. But anyway, hey, listen. Do you see that we played West Ham? That's novel, isn't and it? And then we played West Ham. You watched this Moscow, didn't you? And we're playing West Ham again. Sick of it. Uh, Lost again, didn't we? Through, yeah. Talking about the 23s, by fingers, the way. Yeah, the under-23s had a, a game down with West Ham just to keep the, the run going. And was it lost, on Acne um, Marshes, Moscow? Was it on Acne Marshes? Quite dark pitch. Oh. <laughs> what happened on the pitch? Uh, Leeds United lost 3-0, but they only conceded the first somewhere, I think it's midway through the second half, and West Ham now have won 9 of 9 at home. They're top of the league in the Premier Division. Is that um, the West Ham way? It, well, the West Ham way could seem to concede, uh, consist of having lots of really big lads, mm. whereas they were up against the Wilco um, way. our little lads. So Archie Gray started in midfield at 15 and, you know, Sean McGurk was pretty good, but he's only little. But we there was definitely kind of a, a physical and experience mi- mismatch, even at the level. But I would say our players acquitted themselves very well until they got took it out in the second half, and that's when it started to uh, fall apart. And then, uh, but Christopher Klaassen, the nervous-looking goalkeeper from Norway, had probably his best game. There were at least three um, really good saves, one of which was like ridiculously good, and that's that's good. That's encouraging. How so, did yeah. the take out of it? How did the only fit striker at the club, Max Dean, play? As he, because he presumably is going to have to start games now for the first team. Well, no, because it'll be Dan James. Like, I know. Everybody knows it's going to be Dan James like it was before. So it's, it's almost irrelevant that every other striker's fallen to pieces because Dan James will just do it like he was. But um, Max Dean is an adorably aggressive fella for, I think he's still only 17. He might when you say adorably 18. aggressive, do you mean like Scrappy-Doo? Yeah, he's got that Alan Smith thing of you, you just don't really understand why he's so angry, but you really like it. Like he, I've seen him celebrate some goals by um, going sort of semi Ketspire on the uh, the advertising hoardings, which is good for an under twenty threes match. But um, you know, it's I mean, Bielsa was saying last week that ten injuries in the first team have pulled ten players out the under twenty threes, and that's pulled ten players out the under eighteens to play in the under twenty threes. So he's kind of saying that the so the under sevens are playing the under eighteens at the minute. Yeah. But it was a decent performance. It was a better performance than 3 0 suggests. Well, it's good news about Klaassen because people, I think, were getting a little bit worried that if, uh, you know, when Melier went down, you're like, oh, God, what's going to happen? Um, if we do need an extra backup keeper, have you heard of that young lad who's at uh, Sheffield Wednesday at the minute? Might be one to look at. Mm. You see that? You got their, uh, I think, got their player of the month for December. Uh, young lad, double barreled surname, you've heard of him, Bailey Peacock Farrell. 
I mean, some people are born lucky, aren't they? We, I, we, I don't know how he's won that because well, it's a little bit like Joffy Gellhart has been nominated for Premier League, Premier Division, whatever it's called, Player of the Month, despite only playing 45 minutes in that month. And Bailey Peacock Farrell is Sheffield Wednesday's Player of the Month, despite um, I happened to be watching him basically dodging a header at Shrewsbury that allowed them to score where I just looked like, oh, same old Bailey, and they kind of they lost that game as well. But apparently that's how it contributed to him being Sheffield Wednesday's best player. So you'd have to wonder what the worst one was like. But we do know that standards are far, far lower in League One, which is where Sheffield Wednesday are. Mm-hmm. Mm. And the, the graphic's nice, I will say, because they, we've got the tweet there of, of them announcing it. The blue really brings out the blue of Peacock Farrell's eyes. Yeah, have nice. they photoshopped his eyes even sexier? No, no. I don't know. He's I mean, smouldering there. I don't want to you know, pick on him particularly, but that was their... No, um, you've never done that before. Their last league game was that goal at Shrewsbury where they lost 1-0 and it was just headed straight past him and he went... Are they playing Shrewsbury in the league? I thought that would be an FA Cup tie, no? The the game before that was the 5-0 defeat at Sunderland. Um, Then there were a couple of cancellations and then we're back to the start of December when, all right, clean sheets against Crewe and Portsmouth, but before that in the football league, I don't know if you played in the... uh, FLT, but they lost 3-0 to um, Hartlepool. The FLT, look at you with the lingo, FLT. A 2-2 draw with Wickham takes us uh, back to the end of November. So I'm not I'm not sure what part of the uh, the 5-0 defeat to Sunderland and the 1-0 at Shrewsbury, he really distinguished himself enough to to clinch their maybe, player maybe of the month. Maybe he tried very hard. Did his best. I mean, he always, he's always done his best. You can never doubt We could We could maybe sign him back to play up front. To be fair, given the, the state of the injury crisis that we're enduring, because we've had updates. Obviously, we know about Gelhart being out for a, for a couple of weeks at least, if not slightly longer. We're not quite sure what's happened with Bamford. We did speculate on the match ball that maybe it was his prostate that was giving him trouble. Mm. Um, it's not identifiable, is what Bielsa said. Other than, but then did kind of identify it as being a the knock under the hip. So yeah, they know where he's hurt. They just don't know what. Mm. I remember the young lad by the name of Forshaw had similar troubles. Not too long ago, but back in a few weeks. Yeah, fingers crossed. Weeks, not months, and all the rest of it. He did also. Bielsa was saying that, and this kind of feeds into the, the transfer paranoia and stuff as well. That kind of he mentioned all these players being back after the FIFA date. So after the international break, where there's no games in Europe, we might have to play some of our or our two postponed matches during that time. But the um, there is an, an international break after the Newcastle game, but before the Aston Villa game, and he was kind of like he was in his point was do we need to sign a striker when after that date we'll have all these players back mm. and then that new player will be one of five. So it was kind of a, you know, there's two ways, there's two strands to that is one, we're not signing a striker, two, they'll all be back in Febu- at the start of February. Mm. So they'll only miss West Ham and Newcastle. So my slight concern with that though is the notion that they'll all be back fit because that's not happened at all this season, has it? We have had some players back fit. Yeah, but not all five. I mean, like say they're, I understand the the logic is absolutely perfect, but it's slightly worrying that we've never we haven't actually. I mean, how many games has Bamford played? Is it six or something like that? Yeah, not many. But he he did come back, but then he he made himself silly. I mean, but that doesn't because we don't know what the details is with Bamford's injury, the new one. But Bielsa implied that he could be back for the Aston Villa game, so that would be. And I, he probably he has he knows you'd hope. So I hope he wasn't just kind of. Um, it's got, it it's got to yeah. the stage now where you just hope someone is available. <laughs> well, that's it. The, the, Joffe and Tyler Roberts were both given um, three weeks. Like n- n- Neither of them were like 
legs fallen off. There's kind of there are comeback dates within weeks. It's whether those turn out the way you want them to. Like you, you know, you can project when they're going to be back, but then as Bielsa's favourite phrase, the evolution of the injury could um, change when they come back. But at the moment, it seems like his view on it is that from the start of February after the international break, those strikers will be back. I hope they are. But then, you know, we do have the vagueness as well. Like Rodrigo's heels is just kind of when they stop hurting, he'll play again the same with Stroik's foot. So it's a bit of a mismatch. But so you kind of, if you have to pick out what information he does actually give us, that's one thing he said that sort of inspires some hope. Hmm. Work on going on incomings at Leeds, says Phil, but no firm progress yet. That's just going to get everybody all flappy, isn't it? Let's face it. I mean, the transfer window's awful, isn't it? How flappy everybody gets. Hmm. Because it does transmit to you, even if you don't get flappy yourself. I've got a little bit flappy thinking about it. It's like you said, it's that gap between letting Drame go out on loan and thinking, well, what happens if we get another injury and not knowing what the solution is there? If there is a solution incoming, maybe there is. Maybe there in is. fairness, the transfer windows we've thought have gone well have turned out not because Kiko came in and everyone thought, okay, yeah, good experienced goalkeeper to kind of see us over the line here. That didn't, didn't work out brilliantly. John Kevin Augustan, another one, because Bamford was was terrible. Um, and, and Ketia had gone, getting this lad in, look at his look at him scoring goals for Leipzig and playing the same team as Mbappe. He's going to be brilliant. And basically his career has ended now. <laughs> after after we signed him, he just doesn't play anywhere now. Um, so it's, it's one of those, I think it's hard to judge the success of a transfer window until like a year after it, unfortunately. Mm. That's the thing is, under any circumstances, signing a player is one of the biggest risks you take when you're running a football club. The old Wilkinson ratio, he said that if you are a good manager and six of ten players you sign work out well, then you've done very well. So you're talking, even at best, a 60% chance of it working out. And then when you get into the situations of it's not the ideal time to buy and all the other like, cliches, the chances of it going wrong increase. So it's kind of, it's one of the, the things about the should have signed some players and then everything would have been fine. Hindsight argument is assumes that those players would have worked out superbly. Like it would then need the players that we sign to work out as well as being signed. There's another stage that has to happen for it to be the right thing to do. And it's, so you can understand the, the nerves and leads are in a, a quandary maybe doesn't apply to teams like Newcastle who have you know money to burn and are going to just burn it on Kieran Trippier and Chris Wood but they need to buy to get out of the situation they're in because the team that they've got is absolutely not good enough to stay in the the division whereas I think with Cody Drama going is Luke Ayling is is fit and could play right back Llorente is only missing one game because he's suspended you're hoping then you're putting your faith in them not getting injured again but the defence is Furpo, Llorente, Cock, Ailing. You don't need drama if that works out for the, the rest of the season. And the same with strikers, which was Bielsa's point. He's, he's, I don't, he, he doesn't want five strikers. And in February, he's going to have four fit ones if it all works out. But then there is still the balance of risk of, well, if they don't make it back in February, then you're still short. But then if you sign somebody, that player then could be Jean Kevin Augustin Mark too. So it's kind of, there's not, a dead set, absolute, guaranteed, will solve everything solution in this. Every way you look is a risk and it's kind of what risk you want to choose. Whereas, and I think with Leeds being 16th in the league and having such four joke clubs beneath us, it makes things more difficult than those joke clubs. Like, I mean, 
you know, Newcastle, those four clubs have to do something to stay up. Whereas we have to get, if we get all our players that we own now fit, we're fine. Mm. So it's a different equation mm. to um, if Norwich get all their players fit, they're still fucked. And so they have a different situation to us and arguably probably have an easier situation because if they sign players and they still go down anyway, they can say, well, we tried. Whereas if we sign players, we could go down. If we don't sign players, we could go down. Mm. And it's a it's a different one. And so the the the, the crunch and the, the question is not as easy as just sign some bloody players and then it will all be okay because they'll probably just, you know, snap the legs in the first training session anyway. <laughs> probably would have happened. We could have signed 10 midfielders in the summer and they'd all be injured now. So it's, my, there um, is no guarantees. My feeling on it is there's going to be quite a biggish job in the summer window and I'd like them to just do maybe some of the work now to make the job in the summer a bit easier as I sort of loosely feel about it. Easier because we're trying to recruit players whilst in the Premier League as opposed to in the Championship. Yeah, and that you, would be the main reason. You give yourself a better chance of being in the Premier League if you can maybe get one or two done now, even just to just to make do. Until the thing summer. is, we we have actually spent quite a bit of money since we came up, and we've not sold anyone either. That's the thing. We used to whenever we'd spend money, we'd also have like even in Bielsa's time, you know, we'd sell Roof and Janssen, and there'd be some outgoings to kind of fund the the incomings. But actually, we've not have we sold anyone since we came up. Trying to think for not any, of any not of any not of any cost. Well, he's on yeah. loan, isn't he? He's on loan. Yeah, we've mm. not sold anyone for a decent fee, have we? So it's, it has been a while since we brought any money in. So I don't know. It's how much cash there actually is. We shall see. I guess we shall see. Hey, well, there should be the same amount as we got when we as we spent so far should be available again for the next two seasons. So we've spent what around 150 million. Mm. So without bringing anybody in, so we should have that again to spend. I think the FFP allows us 99 million someone calculated because yeah. there was that ridiculous football insider story today saying that we've hit the limits and that's just bullshit. Yeah, well, how can you have a three, how can you hit a three-year limit in the Premier League when you've only been in it a season and a half? Yeah, we're miles off. And so there is, um, I think there is scope to sign the players that we need. And I think it's kind of um, availability is the other issue and the other thing that kind of puts them in a, an awkward position now where you, if you know or if you think that the midfielder that you really want after three years of trying to get one is going to be available in the summer do you buy one now who you're then stuck with and might mean that well the squad place is filled and you've got to deal with them whereas this duel who you were holding on for um, like how we should have wait, we should have just waited for Kevin Nichols and not got David Livermore speaking of failed midfielders Lewis Baker had a game for Chelsea which was celebrated like the second coming wasn't it in some quarters there was one or two little media pieces on it I mean to be you know fair about it so oh, the romance of all this, it's been so long since he's played for Chelsea. It's probably a bad thing that he's not played for Chelsea for so long because it's a it's an indictment on their pathetic youth system that they, where they farm children, basically. <laughs> he, he last played for them in the 2013-14 no, season. No better than the Matrix. And he, farming he came humans. on with them 5-0 up against Chesterfield. They conceded a goal. <laughs> pathetic. I mean, when he's been away from Chelsea, he's actually done all right, hasn't he? He didn't work out here, but when he played in... Holland and Germany and Turkey on loan. He's had good seasons. So it's not like he's a completely redundant professional footballer. It's just Chelsea won't use him properly. Mm. Yeah, so last season, 34 games for Traps on Spore. With, uh, he was in a team with Kayla Beckyban, who's now gone to Genoa. So that's fine. If you could play 34 seasons in the top flight there, then you're doing okay. 34 seasons would be really good. 34 <laughs> seasons, 34 games. Hey, you and a couple uh, of goals, but then it's just Chelsea bringing him back and just going, 
You get stuck where gets, no, yeah. no one will, Chelsea won't play you and no one else will pay you as much as Chelsea. So you end up just staying. So it'll stay till his contract and getting loaned out. And, then, yeah. Yeah. and that's it. So nobody would take him at this point because they know he's available for free. And someone says this last year is an absolute curse on him. Steve Evans got sacked, just to wrap up all the news. Not Good. necessarily Leeds news, uh, but Gillingham news this you, one. You were meant to re- refer to this as big manager news because he's a big manager. Big, ah, big manager news. Okay. I yeah. see now big ex-manager at this current juncture. No, I'm sure he still considers himself to be a manager. The Celtic job will just be, they'll be on the phone, won't they? They'll be inquiring again. <laughs> and the best bit about this was that there was the club statement and the top reply to it, which people absolutely jumped on, which was hilarious, was uh, Joanne Edwards replying saying, can someone ask him if my husband can have his Gillingham merchandise, especially his bench coat, as the Jills shop don't do his size, but Steve's would defo fit him, question mark. All the best to them both, kiss. To them both, is that her and her, Steve and her husband? I think so. Or is that is that Stephen and, and uh, Rainer, his assistant? Stephen, oh. his coat. His coat. Well, maybe <laughs> yes. I, I imagine it's Gillingham uh... are twenty second in League One. They've lost six of the last seven, and they haven't won for thirteen. Their final match um, with Steve Evans in charge was a four nil defeat Ipswich Town. And I bet if he'd just been allowed to sign that striker he wanted, you know then it all would have been fine, wouldn't it? While we look at our injury crisis, we should remember that it's fairly recent memory that Steve Evans was our manager. And I think we were all advocating for him to stay for another season because we were like, well, what's the point of changing it? We might as well well leave him in place. Uh, Sick of change. However, the change that did come about was a bit better, wasn't it? It it was in the end. I mean, it was was Monk, wasn't it, we ended up with instead of uh, Evans, which was an improvement, albeit uh, albeit one that was a bit too pleased with himself. Cody Drama gets to go and learn from another of football's great thinkers, the manager of Cardiff. God, I've forgotten he was there. Mm. Steve Morrison. I think that's the other. That's more mystifying. Like I can understand us reducing the size of the squad and our defensive options because that's just the mental way that Leeds United does things this season. Letting him go and be coached by Steve Morrison is just the absolute bewildering <laughs> part of it. Um, other clubs are interested, like wasn't uh, Swansea and Forest or whoever else Steve Cooper might be associated with interested in, you know, let him go there. But um, what the hell is Steve Morrison going to teach him? And what, you know, can you imagine that, what's he going to learn from training with Steve Morrison? He's going to poison him against Luciano Becchio, that's what he's going to do. After training with Marcelo Bielsa. Maybe you'll stay fit. I don't know. One of the universe's great questions. This show is brought to you in association with The Athletic. You can get our discount uh, via our URL. We'll mention that in just a second or two. Of course, we've got the Phil Hay Show later on this week where Phil will reveal to us, at least anyway, privately, the secret list of Leeds transfers that will definitely be coming in in January because we know he carries that list with him everywhere, doesn't he? He does. It's sometimes in his wallet, sometimes tucked in a sock. Yeah. If, in case he gets mugged, you know that that classic trick. It's like the, nu- like the nuclear codes in America, mm. isn't it? Always being carried around in a briefcase. He has the surnames in one um, sock, but <laughs> first names in the other. Is that just true? In case, just in case someone gets steals, it and pieces it together. Yeah. So if you are robbing Phil Hay in the street, be sure to uh, frisk <laughs> him thoroughly. Go for both feet. <laughs> but he's been writing this week, actually, um, about, well, Cody Drama. He's going to Cardiff. We'll get the lowdown on that as well later on this week when we uh, speak to him for the Phil Hay show. And also talking about the injury crisis. It is unsustainable without remedy, says the headline on The Athletic. And Phil's That's cl- nice and positive. Phil's closing line, no squad as riddled as, riddled as Leeds is can expect to be all it can be. But there are lots of very thoughtful words in between that headline and the closing line as well. And you can go and read that if you use our URL to sign up. It's theathletic.com forward slash the square ball. Part two of the show. 
This is the preview for West Ham. Would anyone notice if we just put out last week's? Uh, I think we've... It's detailed League Cup discussion. <laughs> I think we need to... Well, there are a few things. Furpo's not fit anymore, so we need to address that. Oh, yeah, he's busted the, his oh, head. He says he's okay. He says yeah. he's fine. Does he have to sit out, though, for I was gonna say concussion if you, protocols? If you've been concussed, you're not allowed to play, are you? But he wasn't but actually. Was he? But he wasn't the concussion sub, was he? He was just subbed. He mm. just felt dizzy. So that's like like that Vic Reeves. I'm no medical expert, but you probably you can check and see if he's concussed. If he's got, so if he's not, he's fine. If I'm, he's got one working eye, send him out there. Is that what we're saying? Given gone, gone. Banks played with. Uh, <laughs> that's true. With yeah. one eye, didn't he, for some of his career? I mean, so. You shouldn't. We obviously shouldn't take risks with head injuries, but I think there's probably a more detailed assessment will go on with him to see if he can. Play or not? Which... He did. He did tweet to say um, he was feeling better, didn't he? Gutted to be out of the FA Cup, but let's focus on the league now. I'm sure he said <laughs> his um, his Twitter account is one of the more um, obviously managed ones, isn't it? The other week when he said something something along the lines of "We've put in a great shift" or something, you just think that's not how you speak, Junior. It's funny though because he is quite a a charming person. Like mm. when he did his first interviews, he was kind of joking about how cold it is, and you know he's not looking. He was, doing a wry kind of uh, not looking forward to winter over here kind of thing and I was thinking if you can do jokes in your third language then mm. there's some personality involved and it's a shame that I suppose somebody just tweets for him when he could probably do some more interesting stuff himself say less but do it yourself mm. be a nice mantra anyway we're back to the poxy stadium again so what have we got to say about this one it's, it's really taking the shine of it you're right actually Moscow when you said uh, I don't know if it's in part one of this or the back end of propaganda where you said uh just the whole thing with the FA Cup's being made worse by the fact that we're playing them in the league this week. It's just, mm. just a bit less. It's lowered the fun levels that little bit more, hasn't it? Although I think that'll, that'll fade away at kickoff because I think there'll be that feeling that this is the, the proper game. This is the one that we need to um, really compete in. And hopefully, I mean, it's a bit of a question of what team will be out for us, but I don't think it'll have, you know, it won't be Sam Greenwood up front again. It's going to be Dan James if he survives the week. So the front will be... James, Harrison, Rafinha. Um, what's midfield going to be? Well, if, if I was going to say if, if Dallas doesn't have to play left back, it'll be it'll be Dallas click and for sure. Yeah, and then defense. If is... Dallas does have to play left back, eight. Yeah, because he he did fine at the weekend, didn't he? And Furpo or Dallas, and then who we got for centre back? We've got Cock will be fine. Yelder keeps his Yelder. place for me. Maybe Strike could be miraculously resurrected because mm. he's always just kind of not far away and then ailing we could play ailing at central defense and cody drama or um but it's closer to something like a a decent team you could tell the the whole thing about the game the first game was how it started underwhelming and stayed that way that was my, i did i went back and checked there were no fouls in the first 12 minutes and like when there's not even a free kick in the first 12 minutes you can kind of tell both teams are a bit it's not a blood and thunder cup tie, is it? And this Moyes character, straight after the game, was launching into having to play Norwich on Wednesday night because stiff of their, test. stiff test. And then he was saying, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to keep dragging that subject out. And then two minutes later, he's back on it again about how it's not fair that because it's Norwich's COVID cases that caused that game to be rearranged. So then West Ham are having to play it now, whereas Leeds caused two games to be missed because of our COVID cases. So why aren't we playing one of those games at the same time as West Ham? Are having to How play? about shut up? It all fits in with that. How like, about shut uh, up, David Moyes? How about that? Moyes was one, another one having a whinge about how if games are rearranged 
or after the transfer window and people have managed to sign new players, should those players be allowed to play in those games? And yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, David. It's yeah. just, you forget sporting integrity and all that kind of competition integrity and we've got to protect the league. And It's fine up until a point and it's... Sometimes stuff just happens. Yes. Just, just, just get on with and it. And we had that during COVID whether like, oh, should teams be promoted by desk and relegated by desk was the Argentinian, the Spanish translation from Argentinian articles. And um, would that be the integrity of the league? It's like, yeah, it's the circumstances. The game comes down to two teams on a date play the match and the, the players they have in their squad are the players that play. So, because we can't, you know, we can't bring Cody Drama back for when we play make Liverpool. You sound, make you sound like he's died. <laughs> from, well, are see you what there, Steve Cody? <laughs> are you there? <laughs> so none of that's Play, um, playing a ghost at right back <laughs> we can't do any of that stuff so it just gets much too complicated and the and the integrity of the competition is better protected if you just go back to that rule of you're playing on this date put your team out and the integrity's you know if we we're really worried about the integrity of the competition then you know take all Manche- Manchester City's good players that are on the bench off them Yeah, that would do more to also kind just of make shut it up being crybabies as well uh, given this is the West Ham preview, is there a, a chance one of our games will get rearranged now? I don't know what the rules are on that because we we obviously missed the Villa game and they're now out of the cup, mm. aren't they? So we have we don't play between the twenty second and the ninth, do we? So there is so that's, maybe maybe that, that's where we play is in the international week, or will somebody yeah. cry about that? Well, that's technically the international week. And what internationals are happening? South American and, World Cup uh, qualifiers and Afcon so, is Afcon still on as well? Yeah, so we could lose Rafinha, but Liverpool will be without um, Salah. Mane, um, Alisson. Would Firmino, and anyone else who they're pretending to have COVID. Would, yes, would exactly. Firmino be out as well? Because it's, if it's a South American college, yeah. yeah. That's when we should rearrange that. Mm. And FIFA have said, um, because ordinarily FIFA would say you can't play domestic games during that, but they've said, no, that's fine if you want to do it. Um, I think there's also been some, I don't know if it was decided, it was talk about being able to play them up against um, Champions League matches. But obviously we can't. Liverpool, I assume they're still in the Champions League. Yeah. I assume Aston Villa are not. Correct. Um, despite signing uh, Coutinho for all the good it'll do them. <laughs> that was a that was something I was going to talk about with transfers. Like for all, you know, it feels like we're messing up terribly. At least we didn't, you know, spend all our money on Buendia to be our game-changing playmaker who save us in the Premier League. And then that's turned out to be so bad that you just go and have to spend even more money on Coutinho. Um, because Coutinho feels like oh that's a really good signing or Aston Villa are really doing something good but you forget how many players they've bought to do that job to get to this point where there's going we need another one just get another <laughs> one just get another one get Gerard's mate and that's a weird story as well of the, the scum loanee who claimed that Gerard won't pick him because he's on loan from scum so he's gone to Italy Alex what's his name Trek text some Premier League player Twanzabe is I'm not sure what it's called the whole thing yeah so very Twanzabe strange but so Coutinho's one that kind of it looks very good on the surface but um, I'm not sure it's it's wise and also like what are Aston Villa trying to do this season what's their aim they're not going to qualify for Europe and they're probably not going to get relegated because they're quite good as they are so why do they even need Coutinho for the rest of the season apart from just to um, it's almost like they're trying to make their team better via transfers but until May won't work Michael he's on loan mm. they can buy him though at the end there is a there well, is a, an option can, to buy yeah. just the 40 million euro mm. Which, but they could do that anyway. Well, I know, but I guess they're having to look at him, aren't they? Try before they've, you buy. They've, I think they've seen probably Barcelona are in a bit of a, a sticky spot. They that, need help. That they're buying, they're buying people who they can't play. Um, 
So they've they've had to get him out, haven't they? Mind you, we've um, been linked. It's not to Aston Villa's job to help Barcelona. No, no but I mean they've seen a bargain potentially in the market. Well, we've been linked to that, cheap, that Barcelona well, child, yeah. haven't we? As well, the one who's been playing because they've got no players. Is that Ricky Pig? No, it's not Ricky Pig. I can't remember the name. I should have written it down. But um, it's the forward who's he's played the last couple of games, but um, he's sort of on the periphery. And when they get people back from injury and COVID or whatever, then he won't play. And right. obviously, they need to raise money. I am insistent that this is relevant because Aston Villa wear the same colour kits as West Ham. Good. So anybody's wondering why this is the we've West Ham We've got massively off-piece mm. again, haven't we, with it? Yep. There's nothing to say. I mean, West Ham, we know Should what we're like. talk about Burnley for a bit? <laughs> Similar colours. Scunthorpe. Yeah, yeah. Also fine. Um, West Ham, though, I mean, actually, it's been quite instructive playing the Cup game, even if it has made it boring, playing the Cup game first because it's a reminder of what we are up against, which is a, it's a functional team, isn't it, with mm. some good players in it? We need Well, we struggled with Greenwood up front because he kind of lacked a bit of physical presence. Um, so I look forward to seeing Dan James play there. You never know, it might work. They are quite, they're, they're missing their first choice centre-backs and have been for a while, so they have been conceding like a sieve. I think um, Moyes was quite relieved that they got through with a, a clean sheet on, on Sunday. And there's nothing really about them that's terrifying. We know earlier in the season we drew with them and <laughs> didn't look much different from them. So there's, we will get we will get tweets and comments about that Moscow about what about not being frightened of West Ham about drawing with them. Well, we did. No, we didn't. They, they beat us. It was, it was two one. It felt like a draw that was snatched away, but yeah, we did lose. Don't look but, it up. But it definitely happened. We lost two one. No, Antonio scored late, didn't he? They scored a late goal. Yeah, because I had a bloke who I know from uh, I knew from university. I thought you were doing the joke that we did from the start yes, of last season where, where we beat Liverpool. It's my memory. Okay, that's actually an actual mistake. I had um, some. Twitter DMs from a bloke I knew at university who's a West Ham fan and he said I just fancy meeting for a beer and stuff and I ended up being such a sulk and ignoring him because we lost <laughs> that's right Fair it's enough. all coming back to me now yeah so, so sorry, um, sorry Mickey I will I will do it next time <laughs> yeah that wasn't me trying to be funny I just can't remember anything anymore <laughs> great it's a, it's a wonder I'm dressed when okay. I leave the house so um, we basically have well they didn't look I mean yes so but it was a last-minute goal, wasn't it? And my memory of the West Ham game was that it was like a draw. We weren't so dramatically And that's the important played. thing. <laughs> as, long as, it, as long as it felt like a draw. Yeah, performance-wise, yeah. that game was fine, wasn't it? Yeah. It was just we were, we were a spawny right, yeah. last-minute goal. We also, I mean, to look at it in a more negative way, we've also lost four in a row against West Ham since being promoted. So, well, it's time to turn that ship so around. That's not so good. Yeah, we're overdue one though, aren't we? We're playing them too often in that case. Um, <laughs> do you want six words that'll fill you full of joy? Mike Dean, ref, Craig Pawson, VAR. Okay. Well, what does it make really? I find it I find it hard to beat. I feel like in the old days, you kind of go, it's Jeff Winter and you go, oh. Whereas now you sort of go, oh, they're all nobbeds. Mm. Well, what difference does it make? Just... Mike Dean though the chance for him to make it about himself as well. on the plus side with Mike Dean I feel like VAR's less likely to get involved because they know Mike Dean will be a dick about it so maybe they'll, there's like a, still a seniority thing goes yeah. on I think, what, what have you there? done that for like he's phoning him up afterwards well, it was Mike Dean who refused to give Dan James the penalty at Newcastle though wasn't it Yeah, mm. when that was right in front of his face so he'll probably refuse to give Dan James a penalty on, uh, on mm. Sunday ok are we going to win yeah did you reckon <laughs> why not uh, I don't think we will I mean probably not but a draw would be all right. I'd be fine with that. Chances are we'll lose because we're absolutely knackered for injuries. Sort of regretting saying that it felt like the worst of the injuries was over on the Phil Hay show. <laughs> when did you say that? Uh, just before it, it, it was... Just before it wasn't it, okay. Just before it all started. Yeah, but we didn't know about Bamford at that point. I think maybe I was. I got a bit giddy on the idea that Bamford was coming back and I thought, oh, we're getting there now. We just need, you know, 
one at a time, get the, the senior players back in, and we're ruined. You're in the eye of the storm, weren't you? You didn't yeah. know. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't realize it. the winds were swirling all around me, ready to lift my car into the air and throw me into a distant land. Yeah, uh, I, I can't see us getting anything from it, if I'm honest. But we did create a couple of chances against them, so that there is there is it is within us to break them break them down to get through them. I don't sound confident. No, you, do don't I? come to me for optimism. Speak to Moscow. No, but it is, it is, it is always within us to to create something, even if we are on the bones of our ass. Yeah. I know it makes it a lot more difficult, but Dan James is quick, and he can run in behind people. So that's a thing. Okay, just do that then. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Apart well, from that, Moscow, have you got any other ideas? I'm just reading my match report from the first game. <laughs> Remember what happened? Try to convince yourself. A good point. Apparently, we were brilliant. It was uh, Charlie Creswell's first start, so that's a good omen for. We like putting there. we like putting children up against Antonio, don't we? Mm. And you know, let's say he, you know, he he sort of had the better of Llorente to a point, but Antonio didn't really have any chances on Sunday, did he? Not really. I mean, he laid on the one for one for Bow, or two for two really good chances for Bowen. He did. Um, mm. He did do that. Yeah, um, yeah. My opening on this was that um, I expected Leeds to lose to West Ham, um, and that happened. But I didn't expect Leeds to play brilliantly while losing. I think that's why I've conned myself in um, in retrospect into thinking it was a draw in my memory. Being so good made everything much worse. I, I still stand by what I was kind of teetering towards that West Ham are having a good season, but they're not really anything special or anything to fear. And that with the different approach that we will have for a league game. Than to a, a what was a pretty you know it felt like an underwhelming cup game didn't it that was never really going anywhere that was West Ham's best team on Sunday and I think they'll have to play a very good team against Norwich just because of one because they want to do well in the Premier League and two so that David Moyes can fully whinge um, about how tired his players are yeah if ever there's the sort of fates are conspiring to give us a reason to win that is it mm. and you never know we may have some miraculous recoveries and Rafinha's back in as well. So we'll have Rafinha, unless he gets injured, obviously. Rafinha from the start and Rafinha with a, a Premier League head on. He was um, one of the things that I have now reminded myself of the first game was he was um, tearing Aaron Quesworth, Aaron Kres, Kres, the, the, the left back, <laughs> to pieces. <laughs> Quiet now. <laughs> We've broken Moscow. He's forgotten everything and can no longer speak. <laughs> we'll win. That's the, the, the speak of a, a sound. The speak brain. of a sound brain. Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, that's your West Ham preview anyway. <laughs> you all right there? Yeah. Do you need anything? No. <laughs> We're proud to team up with Levi Solicitors to bring you the podcast. You hear their name at the start. We'll give them a quick mention again now. You can get an extra discount as well throughout January um, on conveyancing instructions. 15% discount on your legal fees as part of a conveyancing instruction received between now and the end of January 2022. As long as you get your quote before the end of the month, it will stand with a 15% discount. Otherwise, 10% discount on all your other legal fees, levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. New year, new you. You moving house yet? Not yet. Moscow should buy one. Should I? (laughs) Is that the official advice? Uh, Yes. Yes, that's me me as a financial advisor. Um, Okay. Yeah, buy a massive one. That'd be my advice for you. I'll certainly consider it. And if I do buy a massive house I know exactly where I'll be going for for some money off of the conveyancing <laughs> exactly because I will need it <laughs> given having overstretched I can't <laughs> you'll end up yes. by a big money pit in the country won't you yeah. striding around two rooms that you can actually live in in your I'd, smoking uh, jacket 
uh, and I'd better buy this um, this folly <laughs> in the next three weeks to make sure I get a full 15% off the conveyancing because I'll be uh, living off beans and a candle, warming myself with a candle um, if I have to spend that extra 15% on the, the actual, I don't even know what conveyancing is. I'm sure Levi solicitors will explain it if you go to their um, website and avail yourself. Of their services. It's what you need to move house. Checking all the, all the legal documents, that sort of stuff, land registry, etc. You need money as well. They, they do. You they need do a certain uh, amount of money. Yeah, I think it's part of the process. They do check you've got enough money to buy a house as well. I think that's where I might fall down, but and that uh, the seller's got the right to sell it, and so like, mad shit like that. Levi'slisters.co.uk forward slash the square ball. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Doing part three for you now, then, which is Heroes and Villains. And we start with the Ken Bates Villain of the Week Award. Someone, what has done wrong by us? And our TSB Plus members give us feedback on this, as well as uh, chucking our own ideas into the pot. Ref and VAR featuring highly on the list for this one. No uh, no surprises there, etc. Yeah, I think we've, we've probably talked this to death, haven't we now? Yeah. Oh, we, we, we haven't mentioned the PG MOL as well. The professional game match of love. That's the one. The I people who run the refs. Yeah. yeah. I always think it sounds like a golf association. Yeah. And I wonder why they're commenting on football. And then I remember what it stands for. Yes. Anyway, the... Which is... Referees. Hate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Referees, anyway. They're all knobheads. And mind you, that is one thing that has come to light this week. I think it was Henry Winter who tweeted there was a little bit of dissatisfaction among the refs who are operating under it's Mike Riley isn't it former ref Mike Riley who runs the golf people mm. body and they're sort of suggesting they're not enjoying particularly being on the uh, the receiving end of criticism and just be better at your jobs then is that, yeah. a, is that a way out of it? I don't feel like anyone enjoys this though I feel like this made it, it's made it impossible for anyone to, to have a nice time because you, you saw as much as old referees used to annoy you like David Ellery had a right shit eating grin didn't he sometimes well dishing out some bad decisions mm. you don't get the feeling most refs are enjoying it now they're just constantly and now that rather than have just players shout at them they now have to go yeah yeah they're checking it fucking hell <laughs> you can see the look on the face of just like is no, we're all bored of this we've nobody had- wanted 
to watch other people just standing around waiting. Mm. And that's what this has resulted in, and it's not fun. Lean Cheese says um, Stuart Atwell deserves a nomination because he bears a resemblance to Tom Hanks but couldn't survive on an island with a football as he wouldn't know where to position himself to be on side, which uh, that tickled me. We've had the usual um, Stevie Wonder references and so on and so forth. Unaccountable wankers features. Uh, well, credit to James Milne for dragging Helen Keller into this. She always gets um, mm. forgotten. And um, Philip, in particular, thinks that VAR stands for vacant arsehole refereeing. Helen Keller would improve things. She was actually, like, competent. Mm. And Stevie um, Wonder was a brilliant musician. So I, it makes you wonder what the, the actual referee's excuse is. When one of them has written a song as good as Superstition, then maybe um, we'll let them referee a Premier League match. That can be the new threshold. Stevie Wonder's still alive, by the way. I did just look that up. I didn't say otherwise, did I? Yeah, you said he was a, you said he was a brilliant musician. And I thought... It's not as good thought, as he used to be. I thought, has he died? It's, I think um, he had, but I, just, I thought I'd check. What was his last hit? Uh, C. Yeah, that one. <laughs> I, is it, I just called to say I love you? I can't believe he's bringing, calling out Stevie Wonder. <laughs> No, saying Stevie Wonder sets a very um, uh, it sets the standard that referees should be. <laughs> okay, um, Moscow trash. Stevie Wonder <laughs> trash. I love Stevie Wonder. Yeah, when was his last hit then, Moscow? Well, ages ago. I'm just going to look actually at uh, the website. Some pretty um, everyhit.com gives you everything that's been in the charts. It stopped doing it now because the charts with Michael are Jackson. I think this is it. He, he's got roped into some kind of like modern stuff that was kind mm. of beneath him. Um, and didn't bring out his uh, his best. It's like when um, uh... <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Well, it's I'll like tell if you catch if you catch the Bee Gees on top of the pops from like 2002. It's well past the time when mm. the Bee Gees should have been doing anything. But well, you can't really argue with the Manhattan his first mining um, disaster. His first UK chart hit was uptight. Everything's all right. That was February 1966. Then we obviously go through like My Sharia Moore and all the other stuff that superstition in the 70s and so on, right through to. Uh, his, his latest hit, Stevie Wonder, So What's the Fuss? Do you remember that from May 2005? No. That got to number 19 in the charts. But obviously you'll remember the one, the big hit before that was the uh, the, the collab with Blue, Signed, Sealed, Delivered, I'm Yours, from yeah, December 2003. See, this, God, I don't remember that at all. This is it. I'm not sure how much input Stevie Wonder had to that, mm. apart from it was his song and he probably just wanted credit in on it. But, uh, Fair enough, take the money. Teamed up with Blue. And then he did have a hit with Michael Jackson, which was Get It, which made it to number 37 in May 1988. Wow. Okay, well, that's... Um, so, Stevie Wonder, we're doing villains. Stevie Wonder <laughs> a is hero. and always will be a hero. A hero, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, uh, the, the West Ham Stadium, sorry, yeah, just Nathan's comments. He was saying it's utterly soulless, corporate shithole with stalls selling hot dogs and popcorn at prices that will bring Michael out in a cold sweat. Makes me appreciate our dilapidated, crumbling Ellen Road even more. And uh, plus points, though, for playing Iron Maiden and Motorhead at halftime. On the one clip I didn't include because there was basically no usable audio from it. There's someone called I think it's called Jojo. Had done another, he was another tourist going to um, going to this game. Did he have to leave? Get out! Jojo, <laughs> Joe. I got it. Yeah, yeah. you didn't. Know, did you? I did. I know. I know what he's doing. It's always the same. Um, but he <laughs> went to buy a scarf from outside the ground. Mm. Um, do you know how much it was for a scarf? Twenty pounds. Fifteen pounds. Expensive scarf. How much is a square ball scarf? £10. I mean, that's the right price for a scarf, isn't <laughs> and it? And that's nicer as well. That's mm. actually nice material. This was one of those standard, uh, you know, the Jamie Bamford ones. It was one of those I kind of ones. regret not getting a Jamie Bamford scarf. Mm. It would have been a nice collector's like, yeah. line. Yeah, we should have had it in here, shouldn't we, if we have thought about it's it. like the coins that occasionally get misprinted. It's probably worth, uh, you know... £10 now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rather, rather than eight. 
But the uh, the square ball scarves, you can get them from the squareball.net, can't you? <laughs> you can, yeah. And then the uh, you go on the um, the menu and click merchandise. And it's mm. not just scarves, but there's T-shirts, <laughs> hoodies, all sorts. Yeah, some, I mean, that's beautifully embroidered. Although this isn't actually um, yeah, available, this one. This is, and, and we've long since sold out of this. Special stuff. All my other stuff's in the Well, watch. I mean, that speaks to the quality, isn't it? That yeah. it sold out so quickly. So it's the squareball.net, isn't it, for a £10 For-forward scarf? Forward slash merch. Because it is quite cold out there. <laughs> it is, yes. Keep, keep your neck warm. Right. That's my advice. Uh, some of the West Ham-specific nominations then, uh, Bowen got a single single solitary mention by Jim. He just said Bowen twat. Which is confusing because it now says on the sheet, Jim Bowen, Jim Bowen. Jim Bowen twat, which is which is not true. Which is not true. They always struck me as an everyman. Exactly. Again, a bit like Stevie Wonder, you could say best work was in the, in the 80s. Although if you are, you know, 20 years on and you're still staring at that speedboat on your driveway, you might curse... Curse his mm. name from time to time. Man, bully. Yeah, Vlasic got a few as well for diving around. Yeah. Um, which is absolutely fair enough. He did He did. T- he did at least two proper dives, didn't he, Vlasic? Just stuff. worth pointing out that Jim Bowen did die four years ago. Uh, I did know that. Yeah, I just wanted to, just for the record. Yes. So it's likely that his best work is behind him. Well, I did. I said I said the 80s. I mean... <laughs> yeah. I, I, he, there was a reboot of uh, Bullseye, wasn't there, as well, at some point that he was, he was on. Wasn't as good as the original. Anyway... Has Vlasic ever been on Bullseye? No. No, okay, right, fine. It's uncomplicated then. Um, it's just reminded me though, actually talking about telly, what was that? Do you remember that? Um, it was some sort of reality show where they taught loads of celebrities to do high high diving because Vlasic is picked up Splash, for diving. It was Splash. called. Could you imagine trying to get away with that? Now the, the release forms for bloody mm. injuries and all sorts of stuff. One of, one of ITV's finest shows and ITV actually did get two nominations. Marvin for the commentator, I guess for the Glick Thing going on. What was the commentator's name? Not Matterface. Something else. Something else. Good. Um, and John P for upgrading. Seb Hutchinson. Seb Hutchinson. That's it. John P for um, upgrading to HD cameras. He's he seems to have only just got HD. Does does John? <laughs> but um, having to see having to see welcome, David Moyes. Welcome to 2012. There, it's great detail. So <laughs> bit of a bit of an obscure nomination. He does say that go. David Moyes' face does look like a scrotum in HD, which I enjoyed. Mm. That was a nice line. On the subject of diving, um, mm-hmm. it's reminded me that Calvin Phillips was bought a skydiving experience by his mum for Christmas. Which he won't be allowed to use probably because of his Yeah, contract. exactly. So, uh, because of what I do, I'm not allowed to do it because it's an extreme activity. Um, and then he sort of said he wouldn't have been that interested in doing it anyway. And although he, uh, um, I don't know if he's trying to tough it out here, he's like, it's not that I'm scared. It's just something that's never interested me. Jumping out of a plane to certain doom. Echoes not of, certain doom, because I guess you give the parachute gives you a chance, doesn't it? But echoes still. of David Batty and his uh, and his motorbikes where they weren't allowed to use them for the same reason way back when, and yet he's just did it anyway. Well, yeah, didn't he ride it into training? <laughs> After they told him not to do it, he started riding it to work just to because that's David Batty, whereas Calvin is a little bit more <laughs> pliable. But it's a uh, good on um, Calvin's mum for buying him such an impractical Can, gift. Can you tell me who won the first season of Splash? Um, I'm going to say... I feel this is really important. Denise Van Outen. Well, I'm going to stick with the theme and say Jamie Theakston. You're both in the right era of celeb. It was, Zoe Ball. It was Linda Barker. Oh, who's Linda Barker? She was on Changing Rooms and that mm. sort of thing. Uh, Eddie the Eagle second and Jake... Oh, hang on a oh, And Jake Canuso. No, that's not correct. I'm on Wikipedia now and it says that Eddie the Eagle Edwards won the first series. And Linda finished third. Oh, hang on. Maybe this is the... Oh, I don't know. 
Simon's so inquiry here. Oh, you're right. You're so, right. So it's I'm going to say... The way Wikipedia's listed them, she's one, but that must be the order they, they, they I'm going to say Eddie the Eagle Edwards. It was Eddie the Eagle Edwards, yes. Oh, that's good for him. It's good for him to win He something. did win through in the end. Yeah, and uh, there was another series too, but I mean, you probably don't need to. I would like to know who won series two, please. I don't even know who that is, actually. Who was oh, the top oh, three? Right. So, okay, so the... Gold, silver and bronze. All right, so third place, I'll give you a clue. Third place was former member of a boy band. Okay, um, is it one of Keith blue? Keith Duffy. You've, you're well, reading you're the quiz, you prick. I'm, I'm sending him a quiz. it off the page. Oh, no, I've not got it open. Well, oh, who really? was it then? Have you guessed that? Yeah. I don't believe you. You just had the page open. I've, not, I've got West Ham. That's West Ham's ground development open. Check all your tabs. <laughs> <laughs> so Duffy third. Um, another another major celeb. Because I'd say Duffy actually is, is actually legitimately famous. I think not Duff- Ronan Keating, is he? I think Duffy mm-hmm. is the highest profile of the top three here. Second is Richard Whitehead, who's a Paralympian. Top person, person who won season two of Splash. I'll narrow it down for you because you're going to struggle if I don't tell you, give you some parameters. So it's one of the members of Diversity, you know, the street dance group who... Oh, so many. Who I, won Britain's Got Talent. So many, I know. Who's your um, favourite member of Diversity? Uh, it would be Dive, wouldn't it? Barry. Barry. Barry from Diversity. Barry, No, Barry didn't do it. <laughs> I think it was Dive rather than... Diversity because it was a oh, right, I've diving seen oh, splash took, competition. It took me a minute, yeah. <laughs> I do know the name of one of them, um, eventually. The one who's done stuff. He's a, he's so he was dive, he's a judge diversity, on, and eventually. He's, he's, he's been a judge on stuff, hasn't he? Um, yeah. Big lad, the big lad. Yeah. Was it the big lad who won it? No. Oh, <laughs> I don't know who it was. The, the little lad. The little lad, the they, used to, they used to throw one of them around. I think so. It was it was Perry. Okay, uh, that one then. <laughs> it, was, it was Pierre Perry. Luke Keeley. Well, there you go. Uh, you're thinking a third of, you're, season? You're thinking of Banjo, aren't you, by the way? Jordan Banjo. That's probably it. Or yeah. Ashley. Ashley Banjo. Oh, sorry, yes. That's what I'm thinking it's of. His brother is Jordan, isn't it? Was there a third season? No. No. <laughs> I think they got they got <laughs> shut down because of... Uh, well, when you worked for ITV, Michael, I worked for them at this time. What's the... I mean, what's, there's an official reason, but what's the real reason? I think people didn't watch it. <laughs> I think um, it's the simple answer. I think the first series, everyone went, God, this is terrible. But then people watched it because it was terrible. But then by the time the, the second series came around, people were like, no, that, that joke's not funny anymore. Just, it's, um, it's bad. Just to pull something good from uh, the Wikipedia page before we get back to Who the... Who were the judges? Oh, some people. Oh, apparently you could see Keith Duffy's bum. Woohoo! Well, in A he... wardrobe malfunction. You know, you know, Tina Malone, the soap star, made comments in an interview... Um, with radio station Juice FM several days before her appearance on the show. She called this and other reality shows garbage, as well as stating that it's the big fat checks that make me happy. <laughs> there you go. Fair play. Oh, Joe Brand was a judge on it. That was the really weird thing. Mm. Joe Brand, Andy Banks and Leon Taylor. Well, there you go. Great bunch of lads. Great bunch of lads and Joe Brand. <laughs> Who's a woman? I don't know if you, if you know. Anyway. Back to this. Um, Heroes and villains. Yeah, that came from talking about diving, didn't it, and Vlasic. Yeah, De- I mean, Declan uh, Rice got a nomination actually Nathan nominated Declan Rice for shaking his head in the post-match interview when asked if their opener should have stood is that not a hero nomination? I didn't see this but I assume he's doing a of course it should have stood I don't think as in a way you even asking me shake I, I assume it was one of those shakes right unless he was doing the right thing he was He was quite annoyingly good was Declan Rice as well okay well um, done well done against Lewis Bate uh, yeah David Moyes gets a nomination as well we mentioned him before um we, this is an Irish name, which is uh, Irish people. We God, you know, we love you. You're a massive part of our audience. But some of the Gaelic names do trouble us <laughs> because mm, they have done it. Um, 
Oh, has someone else done that? Oh, for I, us? I did that. I had to you Google did, you it. You Googled yeah. it, did so you? So the name is is written A O I B H E A N N, and I think that's even. Okay. Or, or Ivan, even kind of uh, vibes. So if we've got it wrong, apologies, um, McGinty, son of Baps, nominated Moyes for um, being nice about Leeds, <laughs> giving us platitudes and stuff like that, but while uh, being self satisfied uh, and looking a bit smug. He's going to have it for all his whinging about the, the fixtures as well. He's, yeah. he's like, I think now West Ham are sort of bothering the top four. He's he's bringing back his sort of sub-clop personality, isn't he? He's like, all that, I was at Old Trafford for a bit, which is basically his character. Jordan thinks the FA Cup itself as a concept should have a, a nomination for being too shit for Bielsa to lower himself to care about it, which I think is absolutely well, the right approach. He's just maintaining Leeds traditions, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, Bielsa does get a couple of nominations as well. Again, it's not ever going to happen, is it really? You know, why would we want to make ourselves the target of uh, of attacks for giving this award to Bielsa for any reason? He's mainly um, Nathaniel has nominated him for basically being annoyed at Furpo for being injured, <laughs> which is mm. I didn't read his face as annoyed. I I saw concern. I don't know if I'd, I'm an incredibly bad reader of body language, and all these people who I think over the years have been like worried about me are actually really angry, <laughs> furious. <laughs> but I thought he was looking at him. Like there was, it was more of a like, what's up with you? Are you okay? Kind of thing. There wasn't any element of how dare you come off this pitch merely with a headache or whatever. So I don't know whether I saw it wrong and Nathaniel saw it right. Me and Nathaniel share half a name anyway. So let's, um, we can differ on the, the rest of it. Probably going to get told off for Moscow for bringing this one up, but Joe does pick out Bielsa for persisting with such a small squad and mental training methods, which lead to so many injuries. Are we allowed to talk about that? It depends if it is leading to something because Bielsa again said on uh, after the game that the games are riskier than the training in his perspective and you know when did I mean Furpo came through training fine didn't he and then he gets Melier accidentally as ITV's commentary pointed out took him out in um, in the actual match and then you know we've sort of touched on it before but I don't know what the because uh, he's, he's now we got more detail at the West Ham game of Joffrey Gilhart's injury that it's a teammate fell on him Stop, like that. stop falling on each other then. Yeah, and it's the same thing you've killed Charlie Creswell. Creswell. You've killed somebody fell on him Gellhart. in an informal training session. In an informal training session. So we have this kind of assumption from outside that murder ball is absolutely ruining everybody. But for Just it, be gentler and kinder. It looks more like everybody's coming through murder ball and then if they're just having a kickabout afterwards, that's when they're getting hurt. And then you could say, well, maybe they're being taken to the point of, of risking further injury because of murder ball means that they're more fragile the rest of the time, but I'm not sure if that's how exercise makes you weaker. They are all very skinny. They should maybe they yeah. should start eating more. It is weird, and it's. I was thinking about it because I knew injuries and stuff would come up. I'm trying to think about what it might all be about, and I did start wondering that because of we know Bielsa's meticulous attention to detail, and I was thinking with this injury crisis and so many players being injured, and whether it's down to training or matches. Who else would you maybe put in that would be working harder to stop it from happening than Marcelo Bielsa? Because, you know, we know that other managers' solution would be checkbook, and that might be soothing in some ways, but we also know that Bielsa will be probably working every hour he has available to try and prevent what's happening. Mm. So he needs to work a little bit harder then, doesn't he? Yes, one just final nomination for for villainy. I want to nominate um, preemptively Mike Dean and Craig mm. Parson for what they're going to do to us on Sunday. That's fine too. Uh, pick yourself a 
villain of the week then? I think VAR gets it by virtue of the uh, the number of nominations here, I think. And you know, I'm almost sad. I'm almost sad we've got to do it, but we have to, don't yeah. we? We yeah. we didn't do a roundup of the the people: Ken Taylor, West End, Ralph, Lee and Cheese, J. Sam, James Milner, Adam Phillip, Missing Teeth, Jerry <laughs> Fergus, Toby Lerone, and uh, yeah. and there's probably more that probably didn't make it onto the sheet as well because Michael's lazy. Um, not as much feedback as normal it must be said there was, I think there was a general apathy around this game because people just went oh, well, just move on <laughs> just move on to the next one it is weird it's only a week since um, Bielsa and Pablo Caroga were breaking everybody's hearts with that mm. hug on the touchline as we celebrated the dominant fantastic 3-1 victory over Burnley that sort of signalled that 2022 is going to be the year that we thrive and flourish in the Premier League so let's get back to that it's time for the Gitano Barati Hero of the Week now then and um, nominations lots of them coming in for Hjelda for uh, his good sterling performance at the London Stadium on Sunday other players Melier gets one by Jim for going up for the corner mm. what did you describe him as on the website Moscow in your report it was something like uh, a begloved, begloved randomizer. Yeah, that was the only bit of like FA Cup form we had was a keeper going up for a corner and I was determined to make the most of it and enjoy it to its fullest even if the West Ham did score Click gets a nomination, as does Glick, the new guy. Thanks mm. to Marvin for that um, they were both good, nomination. Llorente mm. uh, gets a nomination by Phillips. Llorente uh, was great today. Belly gave Antonio a sniff. Cock was good too. Bate, as he's known, did bits too. And the fans, as always, immense. I'm not sure about Llorente. He was, he was all right. I thought Cock... I'm not sure about Cock there either. I think he's, he does fairly well. He just doesn't do it like a midfielder, I think is the thing. I think we really miss someone to receive the ball in the same way as Phillips and Forshaw I do. I think uh, Cock needs to play like a season there and then he'll probably grow into the role so um, next season after we've sold mm. Calvin to Scum perfect he can uh, he'll, he'll blend right in uh, another Leeds player who was nominated but not related to this one was our own Olivia Smart as well who we sponsor from the uh, LUFC women's team who has absolutely smashed it out of the park this week now a qualified advanced surgical care practitioner been working for the best part of three years to uh, to get to where she is now as well as playing for Leeds United women and presumably having a life away from all that as well mm. which again just to point you back at it if you are a TSB Plus member have a look at the, the video and the audio interview as well on your extra ball feed when we spoke to Olivia fair to say she's quite inspirational did you know what they do? what do they do? they support surgeons and other professionals before, during and after surgical procedures surgical care practitioners provide care in an operating theatre on wards and in clinics they are trained to undertake some surgical procedures so that's good so we've basically got a surgeon that's what I'm saying have you got anything you want doing? Quite a bit, to be honest. Yeah, get your get your get some lines sorted out. Yeah, <laughs> but they'll get sort the crow's feet. Uh, yeah, yeah. So about now, uh, genuinely well done. It's yeah. a proper job that could get stuck into Pat Bamford's hip. Yeah, mm. the um the women also provided the one um, sort of sensible scoreline of the weekend, which was thirteen nil, thirteen nil away to Bradford Bradford Park Avenue in the County Cup. That's how you deal with a cup competition. Yeah, beat them thirteen nil. That was um so that's good for them. Good. Good range of scorers as well. I think there were three braces and a hat trick. Excellent. That's uh, and that always looks good on, on a the, caption. Yeah, it looks brilliant, doesn't it? Yeah. You never quite know where the commas should go and what orders to put them in. Love so it. So that all worked out pretty well. Elsewhere, the fans who travelled on Sunday get some love. Nearly nearly nine thousand uh, in London. No trains, obviously, as we mentioned. Like the Leeds first bus people got a bit of stick by us mm. week before for the West Ham game uh, for the Burnley game. Beg your pardon, because there were no buses on for the match. And it was somebody did tweet us, by the way, taking responsibility for that because he's the bus driver in Leeds. And he says, I'll, I'll take one for the team kind of thing. But 
seems to think it was because there was um, no bus ac- access to the station area around New Year for some reason, reasons, whatever they might be. Could have looked it up. Didn't know, didn't I? Fair enough. Uh, uh, anyway, by the by, back to this. Yeah, no travel, terrible stadium, shit kickoff time, half a mile from the pitch, so on and so forth. John P picks out all those uh, all those things. Going to London at all is just, you know, I don't know why you do it, but respect <laughs> to those who did. Some people choose to live there. Can you believe that? And no. <laughs> <laughs> millions, millions. Um, Dick Van Dyke is... Uh, receives a nomination for being more authentic Cockney than whatever West Ham supporters turned into. That was your since, performance on the match ball, Moscow, wasn't since it? Since they moved into that athletic stadium. It was Dick Van Shipbitch came out of the first yeah. um, West Ham game, didn't it? That's the main thing. As well as was getting a point, obviously, was uh, was that Dick Van Shipbitch was born. Is that it? Well, I mean, there's another preemptive one. Nathaniel wants to pick out our new signing preemptively, whoever it is that we make. this, whoever brilliant, Whichever brilliant first-team signing we make between now and Sunday. The big lad from Lazio. Yeah. <laughs> Straight into the team. Yeah, undoubtedly be making their debut. Against West Ham away. Um, what about that young Spanish lad we signed the other week? Matteo Joseph. What's he doing set with his feet up? Well, he, he won't be able to be doing laps of Thorpe Arch did game he, ready, He didn't play in the 23s? No, he wasn't in the Pathetic. squad either. So he's, uh, <laughs> so or waste of money. He's just just treating it as a holiday so far, isn't he? Just tidying up the other ones as well. Um, Mark Jackson gets some love by missing teeth for producing central defenders that refuse to be bullied by Antonio. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's also bearing the brunt of our injury crisis as well, as we were saying, because everyone's been moved up an age group. Um, Jermaine Defoe's punditry. At least they had the uh, the balls to say the goal was offside and shouldn't have been awarded. Uh, that was even McGinty as well, the one who uh, who tripped me up earlier by having a fancy name. <laughs> uh, is that everyone? Who else? Uh, who's going to have it then? Sorry, Gelder yeah, probably. Most mm. nominations. I thought he did well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah, a shining light in what was a fairly crap low key weekend. I think it says a lot that kind of the the player who stood out was a centre back. That's the kind of game it was. So he can. Um, We'll continue the theme and give him an award. And that does wrap it up then for this episode of the weekly show number 259. Um, check out the Buttercup if you're a TSB Plus member as well, which will maintain some interest in at least one cup competition this season. Um, the best cup competition. For for Leeds fans where we are pitting all our low knees, well, 64 of them against one another. Third round has been finished, hasn't it? You've got the, the fourth round qualifiers there. Some juicy ties. Alan Tate versus Jamie Clapham. Is, isn't, don't you, don't you mean Alan Tete? <laughs> Alan Tete. Yes, there's, uh, who else is on there? Nathan, Nathan Blake. Um, no, that's Nathan Blake. That's Nathan Blake, yeah. Connor, He's sensible about this. Connor Wickham. A he's, he's playing Connor Wickham. So that's mm. good. Big ties, big ties. So, well, yes, there's definitely two. <laughs> it feels like, because we, Lineker and Shearer started having a desperate conversation on, uh, FA Cup coverage last night. It's been a brilliant weekend, doesn't it? FA, oh, yes, the real glory of the couple. I think, bloody terrible. I don't know what are you talking about? Oh, Newcastle lost, and that's funny, but the rest of it was dire. There's nothing terrible about Mustafa Carriol against Hogan Ephraim, is there? That'll, oh, that's that'll a be big on one. the telly, won't it? That'll be on the telly. Hey, listen, uh, thank well, you. Listen, there, what's the Kyle Bartley one? That's the big Kyle Bartley. Round, he's a, away at uh, away at Kishishev. I think that's the, that's a tough one because Kishishev was uh, a real lion. Of getting relegated, we are, um, but we are picking the winner by simple majority in the studio. Like Phil Hay joined us for the third round, we'll probably uh, force this fourth round tie upon him. This fourth round ties upon him as well when he's not expecting it. But the simple majority can be overruled by the magic of the cup, which is a roll mm. of a dice. So you know, it's all to play for. It is all to play for. We shouldn't assume that Bartley's going to win it just because he is the hot favourite. All I'm saying, Tony Capaldi, you're still in there. Yeah, the, uh, the roll of a dice. And is this, is there some new element for this fourth round? Probably. <laughs> I'm trying to. Build it up. Yes. Not tell it. I'm going to be like um, Gary McSheffrey when asked what his new tactics but were going to be. But there will be something. I'm not. I'm not going. Yeah. 
So it's definitely. But I'm not going to tell you worth because this about is it. yeah for you've got to sign up to TSB Plus and be a, a member of that to watch and listen mm. to the rest of this, haven't you? So you'll be if you don't do that, you'll miss some kind of something quite good <laughs> that's not been thrown together or winged at all. Uh, I tried anyway. Just anyway, buy a scarf. Let's just wrap it up. <laughs> Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with the weekly show. In the meantime, we'll be back to discuss West Ham, won't we? Um, Again. On the match ball. For the final time this season. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll see you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 